Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time, right here on American Family Radio. Well, you may have heard the statement. It was made by A.W. Tozer so many years ago. He made this statement. What you think of when you think of God is the most important thing about you. What you think of when you think of God is the most important thing about you. Well, I want to ask you this question, kind of turning this a little bit. How do you think God sees you? Uh, When Michael, Gabriel talk to God and say, well, what about and mentions your name. What does God think of when he thinks of you? Now, does God think of you and does he see you as a hypocrite, as a disappointing child who never seems to get it right, as a dirty sinner he can't stand to look at? Or do you think God sees you as his own son, his own daughter, whom he loves and is pleased with? I want to talk to you today about identity theft. You know, the Bible says about Satan, John chapter 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And uh, we think about that first one, to steal. And the devil wants to steal our identity as believers. To He's a liar and the father of lies to get us to believe a lie about who we are in Christ, to steal our identity. You know, this is so beautifully pictured in uh, the Valley of Elah, when Goliath, the the armies of Israel were there against the armies of of the Philistines, and they were... uh, drawing up for battle, and there was, a, there was a champion on the side of the Philistines. His name was Goliath. He was from Gath, and his height was six cubits and a span, nine feet, nine inches tall. He's this big, massive guy, probably weighed 500-plus pounds, and he uh, comes out morning and evening for 40 days, and he comes down off the mountain ridge, and he stands in the valley, and he shouts to the, to the armies of Israel. He says, why do you come out to draw up in battle array? Am I not the Philistine, and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. Again the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And Goliath issued this challenge. I defy the ranks of Israel this day, morning and evening for 40 days. Well, if you know the story, you know that David wasn't there uh, initially at the battle. He wasn't old enough to be there. He had to be 20 years old, uh, at least 20 years old, to fight uh, in the army, and so he wasn't there, and his dad sends him there to find out what's going on because he had three brothers that were there in the battle. And so when David comes to the battle, this is uh, this is probably in the morning. He left his 
his uh, sheep with um, somebody that could be trusted, and he went out early in the morning to travel to the Valley of Elah. It wasn't just down the street. It was a little bit of a ways away, and so uh, he, he made the trip, and he gets there, and when he gets there, what happens? He, he sees Goliath. And he, he hears the challenge. And it says, as he was talking with uh, his brothers, behold, the champion, the, Philist, uh, the Philistine from Gath named Goliath, was coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke these same words, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And the scripture says, and David heard them. He heard these words. When all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. And David had this to say. He had never heard anyone in his whole life give this kind of a a, a mocking challenge uh, and say the things. Goliath, his name means to strip. And he's a picture of the devil, and he's stripping away the confidence uh, from the people of God. And David says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? Identity theft. I defy the ranks of Israel this day, morning and evening, for 40 days. And what does David say when he hears the challenge from Goliath, the mocking challenge? He says, wait a minute, guys. Don't believe his lies. We're not the armies uh, of the ranks of Israel. We are the armies of the living God. We so often believe the lies of the devil, and we desperately need to get back to the truth of God's word so we know who we are in Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you speaking to believers, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, I want to share with you four truths so that you would know who you are in Jesus Christ, so you wouldn't believe the lies of the devil, so you wouldn't live your life thinking that you're nothing more than the uh, feeble ranks of Israel when you are the armies, part of the armies of the living God. So what do we get from First Peter chapter 2, verse 9? You are a chosen race. Listen, you're not unwanted. You are chosen You are chosen. God wanted you to be in his family. John 15, verse 16, the Lord said, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And and so when you think about that, I had a friend of mine, Dick Hill, who is the minister of music for many years at Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and he was adopted. And uh, his parents told him at a young age, you know, you were adopted. And they told him how they wanted him so badly, and, and they chose him. And uh, he, he, I remember he was excited about that. You know, a lot of p- kids, if they find out they're adopted, that can kind of rock their world. But the way his parents described it to Dick, he was so excited. And he told his friends, he said, you know, your parents had to have you, but I was chosen. 
My parents chose me. Hey, God wanted you to be in his family. He chose you. Now, I'm not a Calvinist who said, uh, who, who believes that, uh, you know, there's has nothing to do uh, at all in in the fact that uh, you respond to to the gospel. I mean, obviously, you have to respond to the gospel to be saved. But this idea that uh, you know God chooses you, you have nothing to do with it, and it's just all divine. And um, you know, I, I, my problem with that is is that there's an invitation uh, over and over in the Bible, inviting people to respond. I think God gives us all the opportunity to respond. But here's the truth. We didn't choose him, he chose us. And I think that God chooses everyone who wants to be chosen. It's it's kind of like the Lord comes to the, the orphanage and he says, I'll take as many of you as want to come. And uh, the hands go up for those who want to come, who want to be adopted. And the Lord chooses those who want to be chosen. You're never going to find anyone in heaven say, well, you know, I didn't really want to be here, but I had no choice. Uh, he made me do it. No, we we come to Jesus when when he opens our hearts and when he draws us, then we respond to him. You can resist uh, the spirit because that's what Stephen said in Acts chapter 7 to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, you men who are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Uh, so there there is resistance that can come even when God draws. But here's the thing. God wanted you to be in his family. He chose you to be in his family, and God adopted you to be in his family. You're not unwanted. You are chosen. You are a chosen race. Secondly, you're not a piece of trash. You're a royal priest. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy for all of us as believers when we fall into sin, to feel very poorly about ourselves, we we say, "Well, I'm just I'm just no good." I mean, I I have this sin that's just eating my lunch, and I can't seem to defeat it. Whether it's anger, or whether it's lust, or whether it's with some kind of substance abuse, and you know you've been saved. And you know that Jesus is real in your life. But when it comes to that sin, when you get tempted in that area, you just seem so weak and you seem to fall and fail over and over and over again. Hey, when you do trashy things, you start to feel trashy. And when you feel trashy, you are susceptible to doing more trashy things. And it makes you feel more dirty and more trashy and you do more trashy things. It's just a vicious cycle. So we need to remember, hey, who am I in Jesus Christ? Well, he chose me. I'm part of a chosen race. I'm part of a royal priesthood. And if you've been washed in the blood, you have royal blood, the king's blood in your veins because you're a new creation in Christ. And you have a high position as a priest. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 that he chose us to be a kingdom of priests. Let me read it to you from Revelation chapter 1. 
Uh, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Hey, the Lord has elevated us to a very, very special place as believers. We are chosen. We are a a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and number three says, you're not a dirty sinner, you're a holy saint, a royal priest, priesthood, a holy nation. Now, we have trouble with this word saint, but what is a saint? A saint is a holy one. And uh, oftentimes we, we, you'll hear people say, well, I'm no saint. You know, uh, they mean that, that, that um, lady that that was just at the prayer breakfast mace uh, representative mace and she said uh you know and she was joking about having sex with her fiance uh you know she's not married and she's living with him obviously and and then she responded to the backlash by saying well i'm a sinner i'm not a saint well listen if you know jesus christ the Bible calls you saints. You're, you're a called out one. You're a holy one. Uh, you belong to God. And uh, you, you have the sinners, those that don't know Christ, and the saints. And so we're part of a holy nation. We're the saints of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 7, to all her beloved of God in Rome, called as saints. So there are only two classifications of people in the world, the saints and the ain'ts. And uh, if you know Christ, he calls you a saint. And when, when you receive Christ as Savior and Lord, God sees you as holy. Acts 10 for verse 15, what God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. If you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, don't consider yourself unholy. Believe the truth about who you are. But you are a chosen race. 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen race. God chose you. A royal priesthood. You have a high position. A holy nation. A people for God's own possession. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking about identity theft, who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is so important for us as believers to believe the truth, walk in the truth, remind ourselves of the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about identity theft, who we are in the Lord Jesus. The devil doesn't want you to know who you are in the Lord Jesus. He, he wants you to believe, as we shared it the, in the first segment, he wants you to believe like the, uh, like the Israelites believed 
from the mouth of Goliath that we're nothing more than the ranks of Israel. And David said, no, we're not the ranks of Israel. We're the armies of the living God. Now, in the Christian life, we forget so easily who we are, and we start to believe the lies of the devil, that we're no good, that uh, we're just uh, unwanted, that we're just these uh, a whole bunch of misfits and screw-ups, and uh, God's just so disgusted with us. Every time he thinks about us, he's just like, oh gosh, this person... Um, that's not that's not how God sees it at all. Uh, we are in Christ. What does he say about Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? So important. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him because he is good. Now, when we are Christians, we put our give our life to Christ. We are in Christ. And when we are in Christ, we are in his beloved son with whom he's well pleased. Now, I have... Uh, and in God says you're good because of my son and uh, can we displease God in the Christian life yes for sure we can but uh, just like with your own children I have three daughters I love my girls Uh, they are my beloved daughters in whom I'm well pleased they do things periodically that maybe I'm not pleased about but I'm pleased with them I'm pleased with them as people and they are so good and uh, I just have such a fond uh, affection for them because they belong to me so we're looking at First Peter chapter two verse nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You're not unwanted. You're chosen. You're not a piece of trash. You're a royal priest. You're not a dirty sinner. You're a holy saint, and you're not a worthless person. You are God's own possession, a people for God's own possession. In the book of Exodus, the Lord calls us his His people. He calls them his special treasure. Then you shall be my special treasure, he says. And uh, when you think about that, um, man, it just does something to you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I belong to God. I'm his own possession, and he loves me. I'm his adopted son, his adopted daughter. I'm a child of the king. Uh, and as that Chris Tomlin song says, I am loved by the king, and it makes my heart want to sing. So you're a special treasure to God, and uh, and you're purchased with a great price. You know, uh, when you think of the value of something, how do, how do we assess value? Value is assessed in, in this way, really. It's assessed by how much is someone willing to pay for it. I remember I had a car years ago, and uh, I was needing to sell it, and it was a really nice uh, Eddie Bauer Ford Explorer. And I said, you know, I, I ought to be able to get 14000 for this. This car is worth 14000 So I put it out there in the paper, 14000 Guy came and said, uh, hey, I'll, I'll buy your car. And I said, great. This was years ago when cars didn't just sell like hotcakes like they do today. But he said, uh, I, I like your car. I'll buy your car. I said, okay, it's 14000 He said, well, I'm not going to pay $14,000. i will give you 11000 for it. I was insulted. I said, what a low ball offer. No way. I'm not going to take 11000 This car's worth 14000 He said, okay. He said, well, I'll check back later. And so after a few weeks, it was on the market. Uh, he His was the only offer. And so he came back and he said, uh, he said, hey, have you sold your car yet? And I said, no. And he said, well, my offer still stands, 11000 Well, I needed to sell it. 
So I ended up selling it to him for 11000 This was back in 2004, I think. Anyway, 11000 And uh, I remembered thinking to myself, you know, I thought that car was worth 14000 But when I put it out on the market, the best price I got for it was 11000 You know, your, your items, whatever they are, they're only worth what someone will pay. Uh, you may think it's worth a ton, but if nobody's going to pay a ton, it's not worth a ton. Well, when you think about your value, how much was the Lord willing to pay for you? He shed his own blood on the cross for God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, that Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, to the pastors, Paul said to the Ephesian pastor, shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, with his own blood. That's what the Lord paid to purchase you and me. We are his own possession paid with his own blood. So we are all these things that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what we're on earth to do is we we proclaim, we shine and share. We proclaim the excellencies of him who saved us, who called us out of darkness into marvelous light, who made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And so in the Christian life, we're on this earth to shine and share. We're on this earth to be his witnesses, to grow closer and closer and closer to the Lord, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself, and to tell our neighbor that they can have a personal relationship with with Jesus just like we did. They can become a, a chosen person, a royal priest, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That's our that's our job. That that's what we're here for, and uh, the devil works overtime to get us to believe a lie, so that we don't see ourselves as this wonderful uh, creation of God, as a person who has a such purpose and has been elevated by the Lord, delivered from darkness into His marvelous light, and is somebody that God loves and God chose and God has uh, blessed and God says, you're my special treasure. And when you see yourself that way, it changes everything. And so we need to, as believers, constantly remind ourselves who we are in Jesus because it's so easy to believe the lies of the enemy. Well, I listened to uh, a clip this morning. I wanted to play it from uh, evangelist uh, Paul Washer, and he was talking about the the nonsense that's going on in so many churches. I did a program just this week about this at the movies that so many of these churches do, and and they're you know encouraging people. Hey, we're going to talk about movies for the next four weeks. And one church said, you know, uh, there in our church the the high points are Christmas, Easter, and then the summertime when we do the at the movies series. And uh, the the pastor at Saddleback, he, he and his wife uh, are co-pastors, uh, very disturbing. But they dressed up, she dressed up as Bo Peep from Toy Story, and he dressed up as um, Woody from Toy Story. And uh, he just looked like an idiot. And, and you're like, what in the world are you doing and what are you giving to the people? You're turning uh, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ into some kind of uh, 
circus. It's just a, it's just so far off of what the church is supposed to be. And Paul Washer was dealing with that subject. Here's what he had to say. What are we doing when we assemble as the saints? Well, this is where I'm going to turn it back on its head. Um, in most churches in America, if I walked in, I wouldn't know what they were doing, to be honest with you. Because we have left behind the doctrine of sola scriptura in the church. So churches are basically based on the cleverness and pragmatism and charismatic personality of leaders. And it's done by entertaining people or by keeping them busy. You see, people want to have meaning in their life. They, they, they either want to be entertained or they want to have some kind of meaning. So you make them busy. You make them part of a machine. You make them part of a vision of a charismatic leader. And you get them all headed in the same direction. That's why, you know, a 60-year-old accountant for Walmart ends up joining a, bank, a biker game and, gang and going to Sturgis, you know, and hanging out with all the, the, the people. Why? Because he's looking for something. So you can build a church on all kinds of things that aren't biblical. And that is the great problem. A lot of the excuses that are happening today, there is no excuse, but they're founded upon the fact that pastors do not fear God and are not managing God's bride according to the dictates He's given them. Furthermore, a lot of pastors are building their own kingdoms on the bones of unconverted church members. So that's why we've got the mess. On the day of judgment, do not not fear for the atheist so much the thief, the murderer. If you want to be afraid for someone on the day of judgment, be afraid for those who carried the title pastor. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last night. Let's say that a king had a bride. He loved her. He dressed her in white. She was pure and precious to him. And the people admired her for her, for her virtue, for her merit. And the king has to go on a long journey. And so he, he uh, tells his steward, he calls his steward in and he says, here are the directions and you are to care for my bride. You do not deviate from this, not, not one jot or tittle. And when I come back, you'll be rewarded. Or I'll come back and you will be severely punished. Keep this book, these instructions with regard to her. Well, after a few years, this steward realizes that The people are losing their loyalty in the king. And they're no longer concerned about the bride because, well, she's just prudish. She's old-fashioned. So he takes her and dresses, takes off her beautiful white garment and replaces it with something really sensual. Paints her face like a prostitute and then marches her up and down the kingdom and uses this new look to attract carnal men back into the kingdom. When that king comes back, there, there are no words to describe what he will do to that steward. And when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no words to describe what he will do to many of these men who call themselves pastors who have done to his bride exactly what the steward did in that parable I just told. Well, that was Paul Washer when he was asked by Todd Friel what is going on in the church. And uh, as the saints assemble, uh, the, the job of a preacher is to preach the word, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, and to remind the saints week by week by week who they are in Jesus Christ. And hey, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for over uh, 25 years to remind myself who I am in 
Jesus because there is the constant pressure from the world. You know, the idea, uh, the, what, what you see, the picture the Lord gives us with Goliath coming out morning and evening for 40 days to yell at the, uh, at the people of God and to tell them that they were nothing more than the ranks of Israel. I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give us a man. Give me a man that we may fight together. That's, they just started to believe the devil's lies. Have you been believing the devil's lies about who you are? Even as a Christian, you need to remind yourself who I am in Christ. I'm not the ranks of Israel. I am the armies of the living God. I'm part of his army. I'm in the Lord's army. And not only just in the Lord's army, I am chosen I am washed in the blood. The Lord paid the greatest price that could ever be paid, knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unspotless, un, uh, uh, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. And uh, the, the price he paid for me to, to make me his special treasure. I need to start living like that. And as Paul Washer said, what do we do in the church today? Well, we want to make uh, the bride of Christ seem a lot more um, with it and hip and and sensual and uh, to to draw in the carnal. Uh, so you know, people will uh, will feel comfortable. You know, it's all about making uh, sinners feel comfortable. Sinners who feel comfortable don't respond to the gospel. When do you respond to the gospel? Think about your own salvation. Uh, I interviewed a man yesterday, and he said, you know, um, I went to, when I was 16 years old, I went, I went to church, and we had a series of meetings, and, and uh, the pastor was preaching about Judas, and, and it really bothered me because he said, you know, Judas would have been the one that Jewish mothers would have said, that's, son, that's who you need to grow up and be like. Be like Judas. He's such a moral, upstanding person. And this guy said, that's what mothers said about me. I was a moral, upstanding guy. And he said, it really bothered me when the pastor was preaching about Judas. And God used that to convict him of the fact that he was a sinner and he was lost. He was trusting his own good works to get to heaven. And uh, that brought him to faith in Christ. Well, we need to be uncomfortable. We need to be confronted with the truth of God's word. We need to be warned that the the wrath of God is coming. As John the Baptist said uh, to the Pharisees, who warned you to flee from the wrath of God? Uh, as Peter said on the day of Pentecost, be saved from this perverse generation. Uh, the fire is getting ready to fall. The, as it was in Noah's day, the flood is coming. And there is an ark of salvation. His name is Jesus, and his arms are open wide, and he will receive, and he will cleanse, and he will change from the inside, then uh, work its way out so that people can see the difference and that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, we are going to open the phone lines when we come back from the break. Uh, the number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And the question we began with was, how do you think God sees you? And maybe you have a very negative view of yourself. and You think God sees you very negatively. Maybe the devil's done a number on you. 
You need to start believing the truth of who you are in Jesus Christ. It makes all the difference in the world. You can't shine and share if you don't think you have something special in the Lord Jesus that the world desperately needs. So I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve. This is Real Truth for Today. We're up against a break, but when we come back, we'll be taking your calls. So call in. Let's talk. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about identity theft. The devil is a thief, and the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, as Jesus told us in John 10, 10. But he came that we might have life and might have it abundantly. Well, we're opening the phone lines, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And uh, I'd love to hear from you as we talk about this, uh, this issue of identity theft and for us as Christians to know uh, deep down in our souls who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ and to stand in that truth because the onslaught of the evil one is going to be there and the push of his lies are going to be there on a daily basis. Uh, my wife texted in, and she said, uh, it's, it's so easy to believe the lies when Satan accuses us, and it takes work to take God at his word. Now, you want to know why it's easy to believe the lies? It's because of this. The lies of the devil. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. God's disgusted with you. Look at you. You fell in the mud yet again. Uh, you don't need to go back to church. Uh, all those people will just be disgusted with you. If people really knew you, nobody would like you. Uh, all, all those things that go through our minds. The reason it's so easy to believe that is because the lies always match up with our feelings. And so it's like, yeah, I feel like a piece of trash. I feel like uh, I'm just a, a, a ne'er-do-well. I feel like God must hate me uh, because I, I failed him yet again. And so the lies match up with our feelings. And because the lies match up with our feelings, it, it's easy to believe them. The truth doesn't match up with our feelings. The truth of who we are in Jesus, that doesn't match up at all. Uh, most of us, we don't feel like a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And so uh, it's like, yeah, I'm not sure about that, Pastor Jeff, because First Peter 2.9, um, yeah, that might be for... Uh, some super saints, but not for me. I'm just a lowly saint. It's true for all saints, all of us in Jesus, not because of ourselves, but because of him. See, everything we have in the Christian life, everything good about our lives comes from him. Paul said, in me that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. I was just thinking yesterday as I was uh, talking to the men in our church, Anything good you see in me, just know that comes from the Lord. And anything bad you see in me, just know that comes from Jeff. Uh, Because in me that is in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. But the Lord dwells in me. And the Lord is altogether lovely. And the Lord wants to live his life through me. And he wants to do that through you too. 
what is Christian living? It's it's living filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It's not you gritting your teeth trying to grind it out. I can do this on my own. You can't do it on your own. Uh, the Adrian Rogers used to say the Christian life is not hard. It's impossible. The only one who can live it is Jesus. And Jesus wants to live it through you, and he wants you to know the truth. What did he say? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And here's the truth. When you come to Christ in repentance and faith, hey, you are a chosen race. You're a chosen person. He chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You are elevated to this position of a royal priest. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy person. You're a saint. You're God's holy ones, a people for God's own possession. You belong to him, and he wants to use you in great and mighty ways. Well, the phone number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And we have our friend Ron from Michigan on the line. Ron, welcome to the program. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I agree. Um, you had shared a little earlier that we are so valued by our God that he shed his blood. He gave his His life for our redemption. And I was telling the call screener, I think of that at Christmas as well. He looked down, and this is just my feeling, this is just how I'm sharing it, that he said, I've got to do something. I still I want a restored relationship with Ron, with Jeff, with Debbie, with Alan, with Cindy. I, I've got to do something, um, even though we're the ones that turned on, on him, turned our back on him and said, I'll do it my way. Thank you very much. He still loved us to the point. I mean, the Bible tells us we're created in his image in his likeness, and he wanted a restored relationship that he sent his only son. And if you put that then with Calvary and the cross as to what he did, he gave his life for us. Um, and, And I also agree, if you abide in my word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is God's truth. God's truth says that we're valuable to him. Uh, We're made in his image. We're made in his likeness. He's not willing that one should perish, not one. And um, he's not tarrying. I mean, a thousand years is like a day. But he would have all to come to repentance and with that kind of love, I I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very good about that. So thanks much, Jeff. Amen. Good word, Ron. Yeah, we should feel great, um, you know, regardless of what's going on. And that's why I, I refer back to that song uh, by Chris Tomlin. I'm loved by the king, and it makes my heart want to sing. Um, to, to know that, uh, you know, Paul's prayer for the... Uh, for the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, I think that's a, a prayer that every Christian needs to, uh, needs to memorize. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 14, For this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit 
in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, may be comfortably at home in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted like a tree and grounded like a building, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know, this is so cool, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. To know that which is so vast, you can't, it's, it's more than your minds can comprehend. But to know how much he loves you, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. And then he concludes and says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God is able to do anything in your life, more than you can ask, more than you can think. And so we need to pray big. We need to think big. We need to trust God for big things. Uh, attempt great things for God, as uh, the missionary, great missionary said, William Carey. Uh, attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Believe God for big things. And so, Ron, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for calling in today. Um, I, I heard an illustration years ago, and it's so true for how we how we live our Christian life. So many of us, because we don't believe the truth. Uh, a man who was uh, not a wealthy man by any means; he was just uh, getting by, uh, paycheck to paycheck. Well, he went on a vacation, and uh, he he saved his money and he bought a ticket on a cruise ship. This was years ago, and uh, he was going to go on a cruise. But he didn't have uh, he didn't have money for anything other than the ticket, and he got him a room on the ship, and uh, he had packed uh, crackers because he said, "I don't have money for food, uh, so I'm just going to have to pack some crackers, peanut butter crackers, and some things like that, uh, just little snack food things to sustain him on this cruise." And um, and he just stayed in his room. He saw the people that were, you know, going out and f- eating all this fancy food on the ship and, you know, all these wonderful things. And, and it was just so demoralizing for him because he said, I can't afford that. I, I just, you know, uh, I wish I could, but I can't go into the dining hall because I can't afford it. And all I have, he was just go back to his room and eat his crackers. And um, after that cruise was over, he was leaving the ship. He had lost weight. And everybody, you know, goes on a cruise and gains weight. He had lost weight. And uh, the captain of the ship saw him as he was uh, getting off the ship. And the captain said, well, I didn't see you around in the dining halls any. And he said, no, I couldn't afford that. And he said, what do you mean you couldn't afford it? He said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the money for that. I couldn't afford it. He said, well, didn't you know that the food was included in your ticket? Didn't you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, I would have conducted myself on the ship so differently if I had known that. The thief comes only to steal, and he steals knowledge from us so he can kill us, so he can destroy us, so he can keep us living uh, down in the hull of the ship and not enjoying the feast the Lord has for us as believers in Jesus. Listen, and I'm preaching to myself. We need to remind ourselves on a regular basis, maybe several times a day, look up who you are in Christ 
and repeat those things of who you are in Christ and uh, believe the word of God and remind yourself truth is not what you think. Truth is not what you feel. Truth is definitely not what the devil says. Truth is what God says. Uh, and, and I just need to remind myself of the word of God. This is what God says about me. You are a chosen people. You're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You're, you're God's, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies that have called us uh, from darkness into light so that we can be the witnesses that God wants us to be. Uh, we have, uh, as we go to the phone lines, Lorraine from Mississippi. Lorraine, welcome to Real Truth for today. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm blessed. Thank you. I Good. just have a question. I'd like to know where you got the interview, the clip of the interview with Todd Friel with Paul Washer. Um, yes. I'd like to use that. Um, it came up on my Twitter feed this morning. It's not Twitter anymore. It's called, I guess, I think it's X. Uh, that's what, uh, Elon Musk changed it to. But no, it, I, it just showed up. Um, I tell you what, Lorraine, if, are you on Twitter? I'm not. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where I saw it. I don't know what it was from. It was, it was, he was interview. Oh, it was on Wretched Radio. That's where he he was showing it from. So I think if you go to Wretched Radio uh, on YouTube or on their website, you can probably find it. But it, it, they were at some kind of conference because it was noisy in the background, and he was interviewing him. And uh, from what I could gather, they were talking about the shenanigans going on at some of these larger churches at, at the movies, summer series that so many of these churches are just, cop, you know, cookie cutter copycats hey you guys are doing that it's great i'll do it too um i'm pretty sure that's what they were talking about but you know church is supposed to be a place where we come and exalt the lord jesus we exalt the savior we edify the saints and build them up in the scripture so that they can go out and evangelize the sinner and the the three e's of the purpose of the church is important to remember so um, anyway, that's what I would say. Go to, uh, to try Wretched Radio and see if you can't find it. I appreciate that. I appreciate you playing that and addressing that issue because what you've said is exactly correct. We're there to be discipled uh, as followers of Christ and not to be entertained. And I see that things drift in that direction uh, are very happening more and more frequently it's becoming a serious thing. I think a lot of people are in the church, but they're not actually, they've not uh, actually become followers of Christ. They've never right. been born again. And that's right. sad because they're not getting told. And I think that what Paul Washer said was right on target, that uh, there there's going to be a question. There's going to be a time when you appear before Christ and it's very sad to me that these people are there Sunday after Sunday and very likely have never become followers of Christ. Or if they truly have had a salvation experience, they have not had consistency in discipling and being trained through the church for reasons. You know, leadership changes, people move, things like that, but they don't have 
they don't really understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. So, well, you, thank yeah, you. you, thank you, Lorraine. You're exactly right. And uh, you know, as one man said, uh, probably half in the average Baptist church, half of the people that come are lost. Uh, they they have religion and churchianity, but they don't have the real thing. They don't have a relationship with God through Christ, and they don't have true biblical Christianity. As uh, Vance Havner once said, they've been starched and ironed, but they've never been washed. So are you washed in the blood? That's the question. Well, thank you for listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I hope you have a great weekend. Go out, shine, and share, and remember who you are in Jesus. I'll be with you again on Monday. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.